Hey everybody, welcome to episode 241 of Design Recharge, and I'm here with my good friend Karina Reff. And I was going into it before I hit record, so I'm really excited that I remember to stop. So (laughs) this is Design Recharge, I'm your host Diane Gibbs. Sometimes I forget that too. Anyway, so I'm feeling much better and I'm really excited to have her on the show. And she started, she was a long time watcher, I guess, but she didn't necessarily come live. And, um, but then last summer she started putting out these amazing, it was just somebody I was following, like, or I got it in a feed. I actually don't remember what, but you were putting out such amazing hand lettering pieces and I was like, you are on fire, on fire. And it was just like all, all the time. And so then I asked you, I was like, hey, I want to know what you're doing. Because you really were, and they were tight. Like it wasn't like some people um, really kind of like me kind of start off pretty rugged. Um, you were pretty tight. I know you probably don't think so. Uh, yeah, thank you for saying that. But for me, it was it was a really, really strong. But I also think you had a lot of typography in your background and you had done this for some brands before and we're going to get into that but so i'm super excited karina is um she is like uh she's super nice but then she also has this like eagle eye so uh on just finding things and being able to say hey try this and so i just really and she's just always it looks like she just always over delivers for her clients so i was like i want to talk to you about branding at first i was just like oh we could do a hand lettering thing but then i realized she's this like superwoman on the branding front and she's probably like oh whatever you're building me up but <laughs> i me and I kim have that. um really been super impressed just the way you think and um so i'm excited to have you on and i'm sorry for the big build up but i really am excited that you're here so well, i am super excited to be here so thanks for having me anytime so and we've only been doing our mastermind for not very yeah. that long yeah a couple few months yeah not long but yeah. it's been super great it it has i'm really glad we're in it so I encourage everybody to get a mastermind group. So you really kind of went, can you give us just a little bit of your background? So you worked in an agency and then, and the kind of work you did, and then you kind of went on on your own. Can you kind of give them that little brief? Sure. Yeah. I actually started in publication design right out of school. So um, I kind of worked at a little pet newspaper was my first job and then kind of worked in a couple other newspapers and magazines after that. And while it was not my dream, it was kind of my way in. I think it really was super helpful in building a lot of just technical skills and um, attention to detail with typography and that kind of thing. Um, So then from there, I got a job at an agency, which was like, you know, I was super excited. That was my goal and um, loved it there. I had a great team of people. The owners were great and all the designers there were awesome. And so I just, I was there for eight years or something and, you know, started out as a junior designer and eventually worked up to art director and uh, it was a great experience and had the opportunity to work on some really fun branding projects as well as kind of across the board uh, web stuff and print and everything. But um, I definitely learned a lot there. Um, 
but by the time, you know, after I had been there for so long, I think, you know, I had had this path in my head of where I wanted to go that was kind of, you know, what I had done starting a junior designer and working up um, eventually to art director. But what I found was that I was, you know, I, I wasn't able to really focus on the type of work that I love doing and that being art director meant managing people a lot of times more than actually, um, you know, getting in there and doing the work. And um, there was also some changes. The company got sold. And so it's kind of a good time for me to go out yeah. on my own and, um, and try to make it work that way. So, yeah, and all so in Portland. Did all this pretty much happen in the Portland area? Yeah. Yeah. I went to school uh, at PSU in Portland. That's where I got my design, graphic design degree. What's the first letter you said? PSU. So oh, Portland, Portland State, State okay. University. Yeah. And then, yeah. I have a nice. disease in my ear that I can't hear. <laughs> I'm serious. But um, so anyway, so I mess things up all the time, but I didn't know what you said. Yes. Okay. Yes, you. Um, yeah, and so that was about three years ago that um, I left the agency and went out on my own. So, what did that look like going out on your own? What kind of work were you doing? And um, to like, well, just tell us about what you were doing. Sure. Um, I had been doing some freelance um, on the side at the agency and a few, you know, I think what helped me feel confident about doing it, like from a financial standpoint was that some of the clients that I was doing freelance work had some opportunities to kind of grow the amount of work that I was doing for them. And so I felt like, you know, I wasn't just like stepping off a cliff into nothing. There was definitely some, some work there that, I could at least get started with and um, and I was partnering also with um, my business partner Zach and he is he does like the marketing content strategy social media SEO kind of side of things and we actually worked together at the last agency and we're kind of both in the same position of wanting to to try working for ourselves and wanting to kind of have a little more control over the types of clients we went after and and so we decided to kind of partner up and use his skills and my skills and combine them did you do it at the same time or were you freelancing kind of together before both so good yeah, so we had a few projects uh, while we were still at the agency that we got to team up on, and then we kind of both uh, made the leap at the same time. And so, um, yeah, it was great to, you know, A, have kind of a base of work that I was starting out with, and um, that made me feel like, you know, I wasn't going to default on my mortgage or something (laughs) and then um, also to have somebody else to kind of share the experience with and to talk about it and to you know work together on 
the business side of things. Well, and you also kind of knew what his work ethic was. You had worked with him for how many years of those eight years? Um, he was pretty new, um, but I had known him. He actually, the, he worked at another design firm that was like, two doors down. And we all loved him so much that he would hang out with us all the time. <laughs> Eventually, we stole him. <laughs> he came to work for us. So I had known him probably four years or something, but only worked together for maybe a year and a half, something like that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, he's one of the hardest workers that I know. And he uh, is somebody that I admire and that I know that he's like, his work ethic is contagious. And so I think that made it kind of a safe bet or I felt really good about going into business with him because it is like he always says like it's like getting married because you know you're you're in this together and um, so you really have to have trust and yeah able to work together and communicate and for sure all right so what what made you start loving branding so much because I think there was you were kind of doing and you may still do other things, but you really have a passion for branding. I do. Um, and I, yeah, I have always done kind of everything and continue to, but um, I've always just loved branding. And I think it's just because of the impact that it has. I mean, mm. you know, a successful brand, people fall in love with it and believe in it and trust it and, have tremendous loyalty to it and they'll spend more money for it. Um, and I think when you kind of see the process from the inside of creating that, it's super rewarding. Um, like it's really tough, I think, to boil down what a company is about and what their promise is to their customers and uh, but when you kind of get through it, it's really fun to see. And it kind of, it starts internally because mm -hmm. you always launch the brand, you know, to the internal teams first. And it's really fun to see how having a cohesive message and strategy and visual identity can like bring the team together and get people excited about the place that they work and it can kind of, it empowers them a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So to see that is really fun. And I think um, we can talk more about the Bradley Angle stuff later. And I have some examples, but um, that was one of the first that just kind of got me hooked on it because. Well, show it, show it to us sure. and then we'll just jump around. That's the restaurant one, right? No, or that's the, um, that is the they were a domestic abuse. Oh, St. Mary's, um, yes. Yeah, no, this Bradley Angle one. So Oh Bradley. Um, yeah, so they originally started out as uh, an actual house where women who were um, suffering domestic abuse could go to get away from the abuser. Um, and so at the time they were called Bradley. Bradley Engel House, and but they had really gone beyond that and provided a ton of services for 
you know, women looking for work after leaving and just a ton of different things. And so they really needed to, you know, rebrand themselves. And so we kind of, I, I was at the agency at that time and we would pick a, um, a nonprofit each year and donate a full year of services to them. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it was it was really great. And so we really got to like take our time and do it right and we started out with getting kind of to the essence of who they are, who they were and wh- what how they wanted to portray themselves. And you know, we so we started out with the the brand platform, which is really the messaging, but it's kind of the foundation of the mm-hmm. whole thing. And you know, when we started doing the, the brand workshops and the interviews with all the stakeholders, we would often get, you know, when we asked people who Bradley Engel was and what their vision was for it, we would get, if we asked five people, we'd get five different answers. Oh. And so, you know, it really is a process, but it was so cool to see them kind of figure it out and coalesce around what was truly important to them. And so when we kind of, after we did all the messaging around it, then finally we dove into the, the logo piece. And, you know, that really came from what we learned about who they were and what, how they wanted to present themselves and, so there's, you know, a story behind it and, and it's not just, it looks pretty. <laughs> well, in creating this kind of brand guide for a nonprofit, because you know, you're not always going to be doing the ads or doing the other campaigns it was really critical for you to create a brand guide. And you really believe in these brand standard manuals because tell them why. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, in this case, it was, um, it was super nice because because we got to do it for a year, we were able to, you know, it started out with these kind of standard things of, of how to use the logo and, and the different um, applications and color palette. Uh, But because then we were part of creating their event materials and their brochures and all these different things, we started creating additional elements um, like the sky. Yes, I love that. And the leaf um, and then these patterns. And so throughout the year, the, you know, the brand guidelines kind of grew as we made the brand richer and more, you know, um, you know, as you use a brand, you kind of realize what it needs and, you build it out because it really is more than just the logo and kind of specifying what type of photography to use and all of those different kinds of things. And it has been really rewarding because after the year we kind of turn this all over to them and now it's um, probably 10 years later and I go to events that they put on and it's, it still looks the way I envisioned it and the signage and the print materials are all mm-hmm. on brand. And so it's, 
really nice to see kind of it living out in the world and and continuing so one of the things that i just love looking at this just being a publication geek i think it really goes to show just your publication design skills coming in and just those tiny little things that go the letting between the paragraph and then that next header you know it's like those and then the you know it's not always um the I get on my students about that, the space between that paragraph above and the text, the yeah. header, that should be different than between the header and the paragraph. You know, these yeah, two yeah. are married. These two are not. These are just exactly. in the same family. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, so it's little things that. Yeah, I yeah, think those. geek out on for sure. Yeah, that's why we're friends. <laughs> I just love that. I just love the, and I, I really like how you're doing like a, you know, here's a supporting typeface, here's a tertiary and electronic typeface, just so that that company doesn't have to go out and maybe buy uh, Chronicle Roman or Helvetica right. New. They're, here's something else that they can use. I think that's terrific, especially for a nonprofit. That's a really good idea, though, to kind of adapt and uh, adopt somebody for a year. Yeah, no, it's Unfortunately, it used to be that you could um, write that off, like in-kind services, you could write that off, and it made it really, you know, doable for companies, and then they changed that, and it got a lot harder to do, but I thought it was just, it was always such a great experience, because, um, you know, you can do a lot in a year when you work with somebody, and it's better than just doing one project. So I, um, I'm going to have to maybe adapt, uh, adopt that. But anyway, so I really like that idea, uh, even though it, it's kind of just writing it off. But I think create it, uh, creatively, it kind of gives you maybe a bit of thrust of what we could do or really be able to some mm -hmm. freedom because you're able to dig in without so many constraints, maybe. Yeah. And, you know, you, if you can pick the person that's at a good point, you know, I think Bradley Engle in this case was, they wanted to change their name and lose the Bradley Engle house. And they wanted, you know, to, they were ready to grow up and have a brand that reflected what they were doing. And so it's nice to be, to work with somebody at that point, as opposed to somebody who maybe already has a brand or, you know, because you can make a big impact with somebody who's looking for a change. Right. All right. Well, maybe go back to you, your sure. face. Okay. Um, even though the Bradley angle, and I could just <laughs> tweak out on that stuff. So you focus on branding, one, because you uh, really like being able to, if, if they didn't come to you for everything, you can kind of give it over. And you really do kind of go over and above. Um, I think we're going to talk about that in a minute. But um, so when you, if somebody comes to you and they say, hey, we want uh, a brand, what does that really entail? I know this isn't one of our questions, but <laughs> what does that really entail for you? Um, obviously, sometimes they, you have different packages, different options. But if, if you were saying, hey, if I could give you everything and you, you wanted everything, what would you give them? Um, so I would start with the brand platform, which is really that foundational strategy document and outlining you know what your vision is what your mission is what your promise is all of those key things um, and kind of to figure that out 
We usually do some workshops with the key stakeholders and interviews and then try to interview actually who their audience is. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's definitely some selling because often the stakeholder is not the audience and it really needs to be focused on the audience and not the stakeholder. Right. Um, And then from there, it would be the visual identity, which starts with a logo and then includes um, a color palette and typography and brand elements. Um, So, you know, each brand is different, but often, um, you know, I like to incorporate patterns because I think those can be used in a lot of different fun ways to set the brand apart. And that's Um, over and above. I really believe, like, I think that that's a way you go over and above, but you, you really have it incorporated in why, why do you think Pat? And I know, I think this is a question I had earlier, later, whatever. Why do you think pattern is? Cause I think this is one of your superpowers um, and then just bringing it all together. But why, why a pattern? Why is a pattern important? Well, I think, um, I think it probably came from that um, year of working with Bradley angle and feeling like I needed more elements to really like round out the brand and to make something feel like it was Bradley angle. And so, you know, it's the way to take that logo, but then also, you know, own it and have it be a graphic that you can use or a pattern or both. And I think it gives flexibility and then it creates, um, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're creating everything from event materials to signage to website, um, you need a lot of different kind of elements to play with. Because sometimes it's too limiting just, um, or either you have to create icons or you have to do something. But for, for you, that pattern has been kind of a go-to place that really gives the, the brand more life and more legs, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love patterns. So that's probably part of it, but yeah, I do feel like it, um, yeah, it gives a lot of opportunity to use it in a lot of different ways. So after the pattern, is there anything else that you kind of incorporate into just like, uh, like, and, and I do ask this, just this was number seven, just skipping around. <laughs> so I asked, how do you present a logo? So you present the, the brand you represent kind of like what you've figured out in this brand strategy to them? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, just recently my thoughts on presenting have kind of evolved. (laughs) Um, I guess I just learn as I go, but um, I think it's definitely always crucial to sell the why when Mm. you're presenting a logo and to try to take it away from the subjective of, you know, that's too pointy or I don't like that font or whatever it is. And, um, you know, we can kind of make tweaks to make it exactly what you want, but trying to bring it back to the concept behind the logo. And, and I usually, you know, kind of get really detailed and, and talk about, 
if it is a font, why I picked that font, who designed it, what is what does the personality of that font say? Why is it a good match for their brand? And um, you know, if it's if I've customized the font, why I've done that, and what that means that they can own it as something unique. And mm-hmm. um, so I try to steer the conversation that way, and also kind of reinforces that the, there were decisions that were made for a reason and not just because I thought they were pretty or something like that. And so I think that is definitely a key part of my presentation is uh, focusing on the concept and explaining the why behind it. So Christy has a question and she says, um, would love to see more of your process, roughs, ideations, et cetera. Do you show stuff like that in your presentation? Um, I don't show a lot. I mean, I show multiple concepts, um, but I usually don't. I mean, I guess they're they're rough in terms of the concepts there, but maybe they're not fully refined. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're not they're not sketches. Right. Typically. Um, I can kind of share. Let's see. So. Oh, yeah. Well, and then I'll ask you another question. Sure. I'll go to... Like, if you... Like, the riddle sticks, like, you have... There's a ton of process within that riddle sticks. Like, yeah, um, and I can show that for sure. Um, but that's more of your... That's your that's, brand, and you're showing that... That's part of your process, but not necessarily what you would show to a client. What I would present, yeah. Right. Um, so... In the service freight brand, I have, you know, some of the initial sketches. Um, and yeah, your sketches are so tight. They're like Kim's. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they, I don't know if they started out that way. But, um, but yeah, so I do, and let's see, on... Like St. Mary's is one that um, I ended up presenting like a million concepts. um, Because you hadn't um, narrowed it down or because they were, didn't really know what they wanted. They didn't really know what they wanted. And the, I think the crucial thing that made it difficult is um, it was a committee and um so I could uh, talk about this process for hours because it was it was pretty painful. Um, but yeah, so it was. They were also at kind of a a growth moment, and you know, they, there was not a lot of cohesion about what people wanted, and there was some you know political stuff going on on the committee, and so it, mm. it made it um, tough. But this one really was a learning process, I think, for me because um, this concept was actually in the first round of logos that I presented. And I did talk about the why and all of that stuff that I usually do, but they just weren't sold on it. And it wasn't until I presented, let's see. Um, so they were just 
having a really hard time understanding that kind of the weight of the entire logo or the weight of the entire brand didn't need to rest on the logo. And so we did some kind of education stuff of like mm. that once you create one lockup, then you can expand it. And mm -hmm. so what, what we're looking at in this original presentation is just one lockup. And then also to show them kind of how this logo is super simple and, you know, there's really not much to it, but look at how rich this brand is. And, mm -hmm. you know, the same, this is not my work. We just <laughs> found these on Pinterest, but uh, same here that, you know, this but is they were great examples of how a simple logo, you want something simple because you have a really um, a bigger brand that's going to need other things. Right. And, you know, we want this logo to be able to work on, um, you know, soccer uniforms and school signage and, mm -hmm. you know, a million places. So we really need to keep it pretty simple, but then we can create this rich brand around it. And um, so we, this. So you did this all together. So this, I'm sorry to interrupt. So yeah. this was kind of what you were doing. Um, this is your presentation sort of. Minus yeah, so this is I think what finally kind of pushed them over the edge. Um, <laughs> we had been presenting logos and logos and then we kind of took a step back and we took the four logos and tried to like paint a better picture of what mm. our vision was for the brand depending on which direction they went and so mm -hmm. We took each concept and we gave it a girl's name. This is an all-girls school and kind of talked about who this girl was and what the inspiration behind it was. Mm. And um, I love this idea. Created like a mood board um, and, and then the logo. And so we did this for each of the, I think there were four, logos um and so yeah this is the one they went with which you can see it's not uh the types different and um there aren't that the transparencies this was madison that. yeah okay um and so we kind of i think this helped yeah them to see that each logo kind of had a different personality in a different direction and depending on what they chose, then we could really build out that brand. And um, mm. and this last one, this last one's kind of a story in itself. But um, I had originally my first project that I did for them was creating these materials for an event, and that's what these images are from. And they just and it was you know pretty simple and typographic and kind of expected I felt like but it worked and um, but they liked it so much that they had me kind of start using it as a replacement for a brand in the meantime because they hated the old thing that they had mm -hmm. and then they couldn't really get over it they kept wanting something like it and again I think it was because they could see how it was applied everywhere because mm, right we had postcards and we had newsletters and all this stuff that looked like this. And so 
we kind of included this to show them, um, you know, if, that this isn't a ton by itself, but you like it because you associate all this other stuff. Right. And so, you know, we felt like this really didn't speak to their brand platform at all. And so I did kind of a, a quick one of if you want to go this direction, if you feel confident about it and strongly about it, then let's like bring it more in line with the brand platform. And luckily I think they kind of saw that uh, it wasn't really this logo that they loved. It was all of the materials that existed. It was the brand. It wasn't the logo. Exactly. It was that yeah. you were creating this package that went together and you were going to do that with whoever they chose. Madison, exactly. Avery. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and so, yeah, those are just repeated. And so I think this kind of finally helped them. And this was the kind of once they had chosen the direction, um, then we had to present to a whole nother team. <laughs> this is kind of, and to sell it in all over again. Um, and so we kind of took pieces of that and we talked about like what, what are the elements that make up this logo? And then finally, here's the logo. Mm -hmm. And we kind of showed some potential different lockups for it. And then some application stuff. And that t-shirt's cool with the the mark the icon kind of on the bottom. That looks yeah, awesome. yeah. They actually got they had that t-shirt made. I've been uh, meaning. They sent me a photo of a bunch of girls wearing it. Um, oh, fun! Yeah. So I need to um, put it up. I don't know where I have it, but yeah, it was like oh that thing that I just I could like, quickly yeah. marked up. And it, I didn't give them files or anything. It just sat sitting right here. And then they sent me this picture like, oh, we made it. Like, oh, awesome. But that's the other thing about doing some mock-ups to show them maybe how it could be used. I yeah. think it's really critical, right? It's, it's super critical. And so through this experience, I think, um, you know, I kind of avoided it because I felt like, oh, it's so much extra work to mock up all these examples for four different logo concepts or three different logo concepts. But I feel like if I would have done that, I might have saved the time doing the 12 other logos. Um, right. Because it really, um, you know, it really sold them and got them to buy in and to be able to see the vision. So, um, yeah, I think uh, uh, moving forward, I try to do, even if it's something fairly minimal, I think people just seeing how it could look on something is super helpful and helps them get on board. So, Well, and we talked about this one last week, I think, or it was last week, um, and we're totally running all over the questions, um, but uh, a lot of times, because I asked, I was like, oh, well, when you're, you know, because for me, it's like, if they want letterhead stationary, that's another charge, you know, but really, yeah. you had a great point was that, to be honest, yes, it's more, but it, it 
um, helps protect the brand if they kind of see what your vision is and then they're not messing something up, an in-house team or something. Because a lot of times, it's not that the in-house designer doesn't, isn't a good designer. It's just that they might not see your vision. So the more things you can kind of, that are quick, really a stationary set doesn't take that long to design um, or a couple mock-ups and then choose one. So, you know, turning that over and having this, because not, maybe not everybody always has the full standards manual that you, the, you know, over and because there's always yeah. that really big package. Yeah. Has, this one, we actually, we did a really nice big manual, which was really fun. Um, and kind of, mm. they, we did all these, we believe statements, which are super fun and they've used in a ton of different ways. Um, mm. And the girls have really embraced them and done fun things with them. And then. And see. what typeface is that? That is Belle. Oh, it's beautiful. It, yeah, I, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so this, we got, you know, into detail about the logo and the why behind it. And again, I think, um, you know, I talked about it starting internally. Mm. And if you can get the internal team to be able to like say, look, this is our logo and look what it stands for. And it's made up of this and it represents this and they're excited about it. Then that kind of emanates out. To everybody else so that's you know I think these documents are helpful just for like the everyday implementation of the brand but then also kind of building excitement about the brand and creating brand ambassadors within the organization exactly but the, it also um, hones in on here's what our mission is or here's what our value exactly. statement is, is that they, it kind of brings everybody together. And if, like you said, they really liked those, the we believe statements. Um, again, that's just. Yeah. And that, yeah. So this is, you know, the same kind of stuff that we saw with the um, Bradley angle. Wait, can you go back to the color thing? I have a question. Yes. So like H it says on SMA. Oh, on SMA? SMA Chartreuse. St. Mary's Chartreuse. Yes. So when do you use that one? So the color palette, so this color section. Oh, look so at that. We created a primary palette and then a secondary palette and a tertiary palette and a neutral palette. So it's a pretty robust palette. Um, mm -hmm. and gave some examples of like how you know you have this really expansive palette but that doesn't mean you should use them all at once right um that, and have you know, proportional right you have your main right. and then you have a pop of color yeah, that so pop of color is the and, yeah and then you have a pop of color and the tertiary palette um is really designed to be able to give their different departments mm. the ability to kind of differentiate themselves so they kind of one of the issues they were having with getting everybody on the same track is each department was kind of doing their own thing mm -hmm. and so we created this idea that um, each 
department could have its own color palette, like, you know, using the navies with coral and then this, the next one using the navy with purple and pink. And so they could kind of own their own mini brand or sub brand, I guess. And that's what these, um, these little badges were oh, nice. for the, each of the departments. That's so smart. Uh, I and I love the color. Um, it, it you know, I think it goes back to your publication design stuff because you're able to think about all these crazy little things and uh, dive down, and then you're able to make it make sense. Because like a publication is really massive, and this brand is really massive, but these little departments needed to have their own kind of look and feel. I just wow this. I never thought about publication design similarly, even though it wasn't like the doggy puppy, whatever, <laughs> but you learn a lot. You, and it is really about digging down and seeing all the intricacies. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So just kind of, and again, the, you know, the web and electronic stuff um, mm -hmm. and then the graphic elements again, um, and the patterns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that looks awesome. And kind of the photography. And then, yeah, the, towards the end. So this, you know, this book is kind of what we deliver to them at the end to, so that they can use it internally or if they have another agency work on stuff that they can, like, here, this is how our brand works and you know um makes some people are more successful than others at uh carrying the brand forward <laughs> right <laughs> i remember i think i heard paula Schur talk and she said that she didn't accept a branding project unless she got to uh be involved in appointing the internal art director mm. and <laughs> i was like well I am not on that level to <laughs> command that, but I can totally see that, you know, the success of the brand really is in how it's carried forward. And, you know, you can create as much of a brand document as you want, but if you don't have somebody internally who really gets it, then, you know, you see a lot that's technically on brand, but, it's like, right. God, right. Brian says, really nice work. Kim says, oh, so thanks. amazing. Karina, you should be so proud. Really, seriously. And Paige says, I love those patterns. Shannon says, when you have that many options, I'm impressed you got them down to those colors. And it really, I mean, it, to me, the color palette thing is just, uh, yeah, it's funny that it was, I was like terrified to present the colors because although we had gone back and forth for so long on the logos and um, color is just so subjective. And we were in a meeting, uh, this giant conference room with the whole committee. It was like 20 people. We presented three color palette options. And by the end of the meeting, we had nailed down the color palette. I was wow. like, <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> but maybe it was that you gave them this clear vision. Now they knew what they were looking for. And even though color is subjective, 
you also showed them here's how it could work out because you weren't just telling them the, here yeah. are these here are these blocks of color and here's how these little colors get used. You were showing them how it would be used on a pin or how it would, you know what I mean? The t-shirt. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like that it does take it, more time, but it's, it is it worth it. And, yeah. And I, now I try to think about it like, I want to create this stuff for my portfolio anyway, so mm. um, might as well just create it, help help me sell it in, and then I can use it for myself. So, right. All right, so one of the things that I was so impressed with early on was uh, last June or July, you started a hand lettering project that I was alluding to earlier. So what... So this was something you had already done one hand lettering project and you said you sort of cringe a little bit now looking at it, right? Mm -hmm. But you still, there's, it's still working, but it was just because it was one of your first ones. It's still a beautiful, uh, you said it was a restaurant, right? And so you did, but yeah. what, why did you decide? Cause this is a big task. One, it's a 365 project, but what was it about that project uh, for that restaurant and lettering their logo that made you like, mm, I really like this. I like, um, it's more branding, but it's a different aspect. It's another kind of tool that you can add on. Yeah. I, so I can share that one. We like to see things. Uh, Except for the people who are listening on iTunes, then you just have to go back through and, <laughs> and go, get to the middle and see where this is. So this project is what? This is Bistro Marquee okay. and it's a restaurant. And yeah, basically it was this sketch, um, you know, kind of tightened up into logo format. <laughs> Christy uh -huh. says yummy lettering. <laughs> this is what Christy wanted. Christy, and this is on the website. So this is on riddlesticks.com. Yeah. And so, I mean, at the time I, I loved it. The, the client really loved it, and um, I just really had fun with, you know, just taking it directly from sketch to kind of logo concept. Mm -hmm. And I think usually I would have kind of taken my sketch and then tried to find a font that was sort of like that and then tweaked it. And, um, and in this case, I just kind of built it straight based on the sketch and I really enjoyed it and it was super fun to like actually you know see it on menus and we did a neon sign which I don't have a good um, picture of but this sign and the neon sign looked like the this one oh, nice. um, so and it looked really good on neon so it was it was just really fun to see it like my hand lettering and then come to life as a brand um, and I think that kind of propelled me to start looking at a lot of hand lettering and like following people on Instagram and looking on Pinterest and uh, mm. things like that. And unfortunately, I think it kind of dissuaded me from incorporating it into my branding because I just saw like how many incredible people there were and were right. just so so good at at lettering and I thought okay well there's people that do this and know what they're doing and are really skilled at it and it's clearly not my strong suit so I kind of 
didn't pursue it. And For how long? A couple of years, I think. Mm-hmm. But I was continuing to just like love looking at it. And I think, you know, I kind of absorbed a lot of it just by looking at people who were doing it well. But at the time, I think this has changed. Like people show a lot more process now. Uh, but at the time, it was just all these like gorgeous finished work. And I just felt like I cannot do that. <laughs> it's so, you know, above what I'm capable of. And um, so it wasn't really until um, actually listening to a lot of your shows. And, um, you know, I was re- always been really inspired. Um, I can stop. Um, by like Lauren Holm. I love her work, but it's just like so good that it feels like unapproachable. But, mm-hmm. um, and she talks, she talks a lot about, um, you know, doing passion projects and trying to get the kind of work that you're passionate about doing. And so I started to think that that's kind of what I should do. But I always just hit a roadblock of, I don't know what like cohesive project to do like she always had these like really well thought out like the daily dishonesty or um jessica hish had the drop cap a day and i just could never land on something that i that resonated with you yeah yeah and so it just kind of stopped me from doing anything (laughs) (laughs) and then um but when i heard bob ewing talk about his um, he's hashtag lettering and he just kind of started doing it and started practicing and made a commitment to practice it. And I thought, okay, I can do that. I can just start doing it and see where it goes and not put this big pressure on myself for it to be this connect and this big project and yeah 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 because I tend to overthink things and then it kind of paralyzes me and so I just like all right I'll just start posting something and if I do this consistently and I work at it and I um, you know I'm kind of forced to post something every day then I will get better and I will um, get (laughs) like you know, feel more confident of incorporating it into a brand for my clients. So I just want to share, I'm going to share your, um, uh, uh, just, uh, just some of from Instagram. So it's uh, riddle sticks with an S creative on there. And so, you know, I, another thing I really like is one, you're showing process, you're showing some um, detailed shots. Sometimes it's not always, and um, you know, there some are videos i mean that you you really are and there are a lot of it's by hand that you're creating all kinds of things um and then but then you also have um you know i love this i guess this is one of your kids toys maybe yeah <laughs> i loved this i think there were a few of them in this one right yeah, yeah. I think there's three i loved this and i just think that you know for me it was like wow this is really different because this isn't like your normal kind of thing that you were working up with and i just really like that you were i mean these 
these curved pieces, how you incorporate, I just think is terrific. But um, let's see. But then with the riddle sticks, I mean, you're just like really working on, you know, and I think I, you said you think you're, you've got getting closer, right? <laughs> I, I do. And I think, um, you know, I, I still don't feel like super confident in my lettering skills, but I think what I realized is that what I was missing was the follow through and like the process, the refining process mm. in the middle that, you know, I was seeing all these finished works and thinking like it just came out on paper like that the first time. And, um, you know, some people like Kim, maybe it does, but <laughs> you know, a lot of times what you don't see is, um, people or, you know, and I do think people are sharing more of this or I'm searching it out or probably a combination of both, but, um, the, you know, it starts with a sketch that's rough and then, um, either using tracing paper or iPad or whatever that it's refined and then refined and refined and refined. And so I think I was getting disappointed with mm. my initial sketch, not looking as polished as I wanted. And it wasn't that, you know, I wasn't good. It was just, I hadn't taken it. I hadn't done 10 refinements of it to get it to where it needed to be. Well, and nobody gets up on the bike the first time they go. And exactly, Ian, yeah. Ian talks about that muscle memory. There's a muscle memory for letters. And if you're doing different styles, which you do, um, that it really does. You have to make that letter a lot of times before you kind of get that. You do these videos that you see that Ian does, and you're like, man, he's just whipping that out of a chili pepper or something, you oh know? Oh, my gosh, I know. But, but he's practiced, and he's practiced, and he's practiced. And I just think there's something to that of just continuing to do it. Because I yeah, think our inner definitely. talk's not so great. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely the, the practice, which I need more of the just the actual, like, calligraphy brush pen practice because that just is muscle memory um but like the riddle sticks i mean i do not have brush pen calligraphy skills at all but my initial writing it was good enough to like give me kind of the look and the rhythm that i wanted and then mm -hmm. i could take it from there and you know get down into all the things that weren't quite working about mm -hmm. it. Well, and I even love this. This is such a Bob thing to do um, that, you know, you're circling and you're figuring out what needs to be, you know, adjusted. And I just think, yeah, it's I think that's what I, you know, kind of, and some people are just super skilled at calligraphy or brush pen. And like, it comes out like that. And but I think they've done it a lot. Yeah, they've done it way more than I do. And I, I would love to get to that point. But I do think in kind of a branding application, a lot of times it's, you know, starting out with something and then really working the details until it gets to where you're happy with it. And right. it's probably not going to come out that way perfectly in the sketch. 
Well, even Matt Vergata. Well, not for me. Yeah. You know, he does a ton and ton and ton of sketches. And Sean Togetsky, just pages and pages of just even just, you know, practice or writing the same thing mm -hmm. like you did with the Riddle Six. Um, Shannon says, it's encouraging to know what seems impossible is possible, even when it seems like it's the slowest process ever. But I think it's just about committing. You made a commitment to do this and you do it every day. And you kind of did the Bob thing where it's not... You don't have to have a theme. It's just a word. You pick a word and you're going to just draw that out. So you have riddle sticks. You're also um, with uh, Zach, you have state of assembly. So how, yes. so in a way that, um, I don't know, you have a business together, but then you also have your riddle sticks. So how is, how is, is that ever a branding conundrum or <laughs> a, like a, a personality disorder kind of thing. Cause I feel like the same way with me, I have design recharge, but then I have a little bird and who, who's going to post this video or something. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely can be. Um, I try to like for all my clients, I am state of assembly and riddle sticks is like state of assembly is a company. Riddle sticks is just my, it's riddle sticks is actually my nickname as a kid from my mom um so riddle sticks is just me and it's like your your portfolio exactly gotcha. um yeah and so everything client facing is state of assembly um and it might you know refer back to my portfolio as one of the founding members but it's all our proposals and all of that are state of assembly so do you want to show, I know we're out of time really, actually. We'll just have to do a part two, unless you want to really quick show some of the state of assembly, because it's just so awesome. Sure. So this is new. Um, again, yeah, we, this is still in the works. And we always put our stuff at the end. We do everybody else. So you got had some time, and you just decided to really focus on this, um, your branding. And you did your own lettering. Um, uh, maybe yeah. you started with a typeface or did you just No, I this is based on just a sketch. Um, oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this state of assembly here, the kind of primary logo is was just based on a sketch. So the top part is trade gothic. It's just a font, but this assembly is just built from built by hand custom I guess um, and then I really wanted to make this brand kind of really rich and flexible mm -hmm. and so been creating a bunch of like, badges and alternate logos and fun visual elements that we can kind of play with and those are some more of those um, and it's the state of assembly um, kind of the idea behind it is that you have to kind of always be changing and always be adapting in order to keep up and to stay relevant and mm -hmm. um, so and there's this thing called the red queen principle which is kind of from uh, Alice in Wonderland <laughs> um, so we kind of incorporated some of that imagery in that's where the crown comes from is the red queen um who says something like uh to keep up you have to keep moving or something along those lines and mm -hmm. so that was kind of the 
the driving force behind the brand is um, that everything is always in a state of assembly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's where kind of the concept is. I also love that assembly assembly means coming together, bringing building something, mm-hmm. but it also is a a body of a people. Group of people, yeah. 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 Clea says she's so late. It's okay, honey. You're in Ireland, so we'll <laughs> give you that. You're, you had a long way to travel. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but if you like Brandy, you should go back and listen to this one for sure or watch it. So, Crew said it doubles kind of as an infinity mark, and yeah. it totally does. Do you want to talk yeah. about like how you wanted it to have that? Yeah, so that um, is kind of the S reflected that creates the infinity mark, which I think, you know, ties in really well with the constant motion and the Mm -hmm. idea. So, yeah, that was one of those kind of happy accidents where I created the logo type and then it's like, oh, if I flip that one side, that kind of looks like an infinity mark. And so that just became another fun piece to play with as part of the part of the brand elements so when you're and I think we did pretty good getting through most everything actually um and one of the things I wanted to do so this would be custom and again there's two parts to this question one custom lettering and I talked to you about that and uh, you didn't really have a, a answer in a way that you just hadn't really thought about it but so when you're doing custom lettering for a logo or brand if somebody came to you and said, hey, I want something completely unique, I, I'm assuming that that's going to come with a, a price tag that's different. I know that people have come to me and I don't do that. So it's always good to be able to send it to other people who do. And so I think that I don't think that that's necessarily something that um, people just start out being like, oh, I'm going to do custom lettering. It's going to cost this. But it's more of like where you are, you're at a point where you're like, hey, I've done a lot of this. Maybe this is something that I just add and it's an option for everybody or, you know, it's kind of what I always start. It's a, I always do this. So it's just part of the regular package. Yeah, for, for me, it's been just kind of, it, the, if the solution dictates that it needs to be something custom, then that's what I'll propose. But so there hasn't really been different price for it people haven't really requested it of me it's just what I'm recommending because it feels right for the brand or right. um, it's a solution that works and um, you know I could see why you would charge more for it for sure but at the same time in my experience um, and St. Mary's was a great example there you know that wasn't custom but it was <laughs> took longer, you know, the, the bistro marquee took, you know, a 10th of the time right, to produce than the other one. And so um, when I quote branding, my first questions are about the decision-making process mm. and involved and that kind of thing. And that is usually what affects budget more than how it's executed right because you're already it's just part you're budgeting the time to be able to, to do that explore, if it, yeah right. to explore okay. options that are custom and options that aren't and um yeah so i mean i think it's a different thing that if they then want like a custom typeface 
that's right. expanded beyond just the letters that are in the logo. That would be totally different. But um, yeah, just as far as the custom for the logo itself, I haven't differentiated the price of that at all. All right. So one last question. So what do you do when times aren't as busy? I know this time, this slot, you slotted to do State of Assembly, the logo. What what have you done in the other times? Because I think that's another thing when you're working for yourself, there's going to be slower times. What do you, do you have just a list that you're working off of and you just finally get to it or, or what? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I always have a longer list than what I can get to. Um, like the, both the Riddle Sticks and the State of Assembly branding have been on my list for a long time and finally working on them. Um, and then like my updating my portfolio is always on my list and always behind in doing that. Um, and then... I have had the goal of doing um, kind of a smaller scale of what we did at the old agency with Bradley Angle, kind of taking on a, doing a brand for no charge um, and kind of making that my free project that I fit in when I can. Mm-hmm. And so far I haven't done it because I've been kind of focused on the 365 project and the um, state of assembly and riddle sticks. But I do feel like I, I really am passionate about branding and I don't get to do it enough. And instead of kind of just wishing that I could do more of it, I need to just start doing it even if it's for free and putting Mm -hmm. it out there and hoping that that'll create more of that type of work in the future. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I want to make sure everybody knows how to get in touch with you. Um, and I'm going to just start with your website, which we've shared, and this will all be in the show notes as well. And I am going to, this, you're going to be the first one that I'm going to digitize this because I bought a, so all the text will be underneath. Hopefully they'll be able to understand both of us I mean, you sound pretty clear, but sometimes I, uh, I don't always talk so clear. So it's, if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you go and look at www.riddle, R-I-D-D, not W, just R-I-D-D-L-E-S-T-I-C-K-S.com. And then on Instagram, it's um, at Riddle Sticks Creative. And I'm going to put that in the chat. Bye, Brian. And then on um, Behance, which you showed us some stuff on Behance today. It's just. It's a lot of the same stuff from my website, but there might be a few differences. And it's just riddle sticks. So if you go to Behance, it's just riddle sticks with an S. And then this is the only one that's kind of different is the dribble. And it is R-D-L-S-T-X, which is pretty much riddle sticks. Yes. Yeah. Shortened. Yeah. Anyway. I, that is a goal for me to be better about posting there. Um, me too. Regularly. Me too. Hopefully we'll get better. We'll stay yes. on each other about posting. Goal. I just need to get my website up, but <laughs> um, it, it, it is, it just needs more, more stuff on it. Anyway, 
thank you so much for giving me an hour of your day, a little bit more than an hour of your day. And I, um, I'm so glad that you're my friend and just thank you for sharing. I really do like it to me, like you blow me away and I think you were blowing lots of people away too. So, um, it's just like the way you think and how thorough you are. And I just feel like you really elevate. And I just think under, helping us understand how people are pitching. Um, when I know when Matt was on, me and you talked about that, him just pitching one, but he really goes over and above and just, just really sells it. Blew my mind. Yeah, totally. I mean, just one concept. I, I, I love it. But, but, me. but he, yeah. yeah, and you know he's coming up with tons of others, but he's really helping the exactly. decision makers. You yeah, know what I it, mean, yeah. I mean, you're hiring him or me or us or whoever to do a job for you, and we should know by throughout the process what you should go with. I think so. Absolutely. Anyway, well, so and if you guys want to reach out to me, uh, you can always find me at Diane at. Um, rechargingyou.com and next week I'll be live from Denver and Kim's going to come on and nice. help me out. We're doing a something special that we're going to announce. Uh, it doesn't start next week, but we're going to announce it next week, but next week's January 31st, I think, right? Something like that. <laughs> seven plus four is what? 11. 11. Yeah. Yeah. 31. So January 31st, we, Kim Panella and I will be announcing a little thing that we're going to do in February. And it's really all about loving on designers. So there's a little hint, but so I'm really excited. Um, and I am really excited to go snowboarding to be honest. Um, so awesome. yeah. And see my best friend Tara. So it'll be just good to do a whole bunch of things. And I've got my helmet. So mom, I know you're watching. I'm going to be safe. <laughs> Um, hopefully I won't fall too bad. It's been a while since I've been out there. So, um, but Karina, thank you so much. I'm glad you're in my mastermind group and you just yes, keep, keep you. bringing, bringing the, um, wisdom and knowledge and thank you everybody for coming. And Shannon says, thank you. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for coming. It's awesome. And, and we will see you next week. And I hope you guys all have a great, a great week. <laughs>